Ashley Rock reading. I am Palmer's book protector. Chapter 2. Another pastor, Haynes noted, milling cattle, some of which were black baldings, a cross between black Angus and Heffords. Most mixed breed cattle were popular in beef herds. The Rainer place was a ranch, along with the ranch when her stepmother and stepfather died just a few months apart. She inherited two siblings, Julie and Shane. They weren't actually related to her, but they were hers as surely as if they'd been blood siblings. She loved them dearly. The children were school age now. Julie was in kindergarten and Shane was in grammar school. Minette seemed to take their, that responsibility very seriously. No one ever heard her complain about the kids being a burden. Of course, they also kept her single. Haynes mused most men didn't want a ready-made family to support. Minette's great-aunt Sarah, a tiny little woman with white hair whom Minette always addressed it as aunt instead of great aunt, was waiting on the front porch. She rushed down the steps as Haynes climbed laboriously out of the SUV. Here, Haynes. You can lean on me, she said. He chuckled. Sarah, you're too little to support a man my size, but thanks. <laughs> Manette smiled and hugged her aunt. He's right. He needs a little more help than you can give. She got under Haynes's arm, put her arm around his back. Her hand twitched when she felt a cavity under her shirt. Another wound, he said quietly, feeling her concentration. I'm pockmarked with him. That one was from a shotgun blast a few years back. I didn't duck fast enough. You're a walking advertisement for the pearls of law enforcement, she muttered. He was trying not to notice how nice it felt to have her close to him. They've been adversaries for years. He blamed her for Bobby's death. He still blamed her family for that, but she didn't know who she really was. She had illusions, and he was hesitant to shatter them. After all, she'd given him a home when nobody else offered. Thanks, he said stiffly as they went up the steps and into the roomy, high-stilling house. She paused and looked up at him. She was trying not to let him see the effect his nearness had on her. She always adored Haynes Carson, who hated her for reasons that were incomprehensible to her. For what? She stammered. He searched her black eyes for longer than he meant to. He wondered if she ever questioned the color of those eyes. Her mother had been blue eyes. But he wasn't going to ask for letting me stay here, he said. You're welcome, she says. I'm afraid all the bedrooms are upstairs. I don't mind, she said. Okay. Sarah came bustling in behind them and closed the front door. Change the bed in the guest room and turn on the heat, she told Carson. It's not the warmest room in the house, I'm afraid, she added impartially. Not to, not to worry. I like a cool bedroom. We need to get some fresh clothing for you, Manette said, appalled by the gunshot wound and the fabric of the shirt he was wearing and the blood on it. I'll call Zach and have him bring some over. He said, naming his chief deputy. He's been feeding Andy and Rex for me. Okay. She helped him into the guest room. It was decorated in shades of blue, brown, and beige. The walls were in eggshell blue. The coverlet was quilted and included browns and blues. The cover was a soft beige. The curtains matched the coverlet. The windows, two of them, overlooked the pasture where the palmetto was grazing. This is very nice, Haynes remarked. I'm glad you like it, Manette said gently. You should call Zach. You know, I'll do that right now. He's onto the coverlet and lay back on the pillow, shivering a little from the exertion and the pain. The weakness that was still making him uncomfortable. That feels so good. Manette hovered. He was pale and he looked horrible. Can we get you anything? He looked at her hopeful. Coffee. <laughs> she laughed. They wouldn't give it to you in the hospital, I gather. They didn't give me a little hot brown water this morning. They called it coffee. These cups. I make very good coffee, she said. I have a machine that uses pods, and I get the latte pods from Germany. It's almost sinfully good. 
Hear that? Sounds great. <laughs> I'll make you a cup before I leave. She checked her watching her. I need to call and let Bill know. I'm going to be later than I expected. It's okay. She had one hands look good. He can handle the office. We go to press on Tuesday, but today is hectic because the weekend is coming up. I say, I won't be a minute. She went back downstairs while Sarah trailing her. Haynes dug his cell phone out of his pocket and called Zach. Hi, he said. I escaped. <laughs> Zach chuckled. Way to go, boss. Are you at home? I wish. Coltrane won't let me leave. Live by myself. I'm staying with Manette and her family. He said, almost choking the words out. Whoa. Haynes shifted uncomfortably. The stress of riding in the confinement of the sea belt was giving him some problems with his injured chest and shoulder. I need some fresh clothes. I had come here in the shirt with the bullet hole. Just tell me what you need. I'll bring it over. Haynes gave him quite a list, including pajamas and robe and slippers. He noticed that his room had no other. Not only a television, but a Blu-ray player. And bring my new movies over. Yet <laughs> I watched them while I'm bedridden. Where are they? On the shelf next to the David A. Player. Okay. Who shot me? <laughs> he had it curtly. We're working on that, Zach. We have a showcasing a cigarette, but we think it may be tied to those recent arrests we made. The new Mexican drug cartels. Their bosses are fighting a turf war across the border in Colorado. Its mayor owns his soul. The mayor owes his soul to Pedro Menendez, who took out took over the operation that used to belong to the Frutas Brothers bunch. Haynes added quietly. Yes, Menendez is the one his enemies call El Lorindo, the thief. Exactly. Mendez has better enemy in El Jefe, Diego Sanchez, who has an even bigger drug cartel. Sanchez wants the Conrado stronghold for himself. It's the easiest path to Texas through mountains where a sidewinder could get lost. Haynes said, two of the most evil men on the planet. God knows how many lives they've snuffed out. He didn't add that his own brother was one of them. He never shared what he knew with another living soul. Only culture knew, but he had the information from Haynes' late father, not Haynes. Hey, at least El Jefe takes care of his people, and he draws the line of killing women and children. Zach reminded Drugs kill women and children. That's true, I guess, Zach said. Our man, he didn't carry out vendettas against them, but even Manuel Lopez, who used to own the drug trade in these parts, never hurt children. God knows. Killed enough grown-ups to make up for it before Micah still took him out. Not that I know, not that I know anything about that. Honest. Cross my heart. Page <laughs> just smiled. It's an open secret locally. No worries. Maybe El Jefe does have a saving grace or two, but I'd gun him down in a heartbeat if I wasn't sworn up to hold the, hold the law. Zach felt the undercurts in Haynes' voice, so he didn't ask questions. His boss was closed mouthed about some things. I imagine one of our drug distribution Cesar. I imagine one of our drug distributing Cesars ordered a hit on me. They don't like local law enforcement interfering with the transports of their product, and they make a public statement with assassinations, but Kim would prove they tried to kill me. Zach chuckled. The mule who threatened you is in custody in our county detention center, so isn't it a good thing that we keep surveillance devices there, he mused. He made a phone call from the facility, we got it on tape, and traced the number. Sadly, it was a throwaway phone. Or that's what we think. The number is no longer in service. Damn. 
not to worry. I've got Yancey on it. He'll go through every scrap of paper, every cigarette butt, every blade of grass on your property to dig the shooter out. Never saw a guy with such an eye for detail. Me neither. He's good. He's good. Haines, I, I wish we had the bullet. It might give us an even better lead, but Coach wouldn't take it out. Seen Loman get court orders for bullets to be removed for evidence. Secondly, so high, but I don't know anybody who's ever forced Coach to do anything he didn't want to do. Besides that, he said it was greater risk to take it out than leave it in. He's right. Petty, they can't do an invasive scan on me and check out the bullet. There's a thought. He's moving when cause hurt. Do you know long breath? New antibiotics seem to be working already. Maybe it was wishful thinking. Still hurt to breathe. But he had to get up and move around and prevent the development of bad bronchitis or even pneumonia. Anyway, we're working on your case along with the other 30 that are current, Zach added dryly. Of course, you're the only shooting victim so far. Good enough. If I could get the county commissioner to listen to me, I'd give y'all races. We know that, boss. None of us got into law enforcement because of the money. Ain't struggle. Thanks, Zach. I'll be over with the clothes in about an hour. That okay? That's fine. When he hung up, Annette brought him a big mug of freshly brewed coffee. She handed it to him gently. Taste that. She said with a grin. He did. He rolled his eyes and said, Oh my gosh. He grinned. I've never tasted anything so sweet. <laughs> Told you so. She checked her watch. I have to go. If there's anything special you'd like for supper. He hesitated. Come on. We don't live on a budget here. Not yet, anyway. She said, Cape steak with onions, mashed potatoes, green beets. She ate rebels. I'm the meat and potatoes man. He could find in any variation is a happy one. I can handle that. Dessert? He's won't anything but gelatin. She bursts all up. Okay. I'll get Aunt Sarah to make one of her chocolate pound cakes. My favorite kind. <laughs> She's my mine too. Well, gotta go. Manette. She stopped in the door and turned, hearing her name in Haynes' deep smooth voice made her toes tingle and said, Yes. Thanks. He looked very somber. She just nodded and left as quickly as she could. Maybe she thought, hopefully, maybe she could change Haynes' mind about her after all. She was gonna work on that hard. Zach Talman was lean, tall, olive-skinned, and black-eyed. He had Spanish blood, but he never spoke about his ancestry. He was 30 years old and one of the best deputies Haynes had ever hired. He came into the bedroom carrying a huge suitcase, put it down on a street chair by Haynes's bed. I think that's everything he asked for. He opened it. With some difficulty, Haynes got out of bed and looked at the suitcase. Yep. He said, smiling as he pulled up. That's everything. You and your cartoon movies, Zach said. Hey, there's nothing wrong with cartoons. Haynes said defensively, pulled out pajamas and underwear and robes. I want to shower, but I have trouble standing. You feeling like helping me? No problem, boss. Actually, you do the same for me. And a heartbeat, he replied to management. Thanks. I feel dingy. <laughs> no doubt. Zach so dumped him into the shower and stood outside the cubicle while Haynes managed to bathe himself and even shampoo his hair. One-handed, of course. Manetta even thought of toiletries put in the bathroom because his brains were masculine. There was a razor on the sink, and when he was dry and dressed, a little help from Zach, he even managed to shave. I think I'll live, he told the other man as he sank onto the bed of the covers. Thanks a million, Zach. You're welcome. Need anything else? Yes, get out there with Yancey and find the guy who shot me. Haynes replied, Zach's on my way. Keep me posted, Haynes reminded You know I will. And can you keep feeding Andy and Rex for me? He asked suddenly. You bet. If you run out of fruit and veggies for Andy... He had more than enough money in the cookie jar to take care of it. Zack assured him it was where Haynes kept his spare change, and over months of use, it added up to a tiny little something. Haynes like, and people say spare change is useless. 
useless my left foot but i'm saving up mine for a trip to tahiti now i figure by the time i'm 72 i'll have just enough great <laughs> just kidding i don't even like you like islands you get better boss i'll take care of andy no work when the cookie jar gets empty you'll be home by then i guarantee it nice minute I'll let you stay here yeah yes very nice She's such an old bird. An odd bird, I mean. Never dates anybody her whole life as those two little kids in her job. I guess they'll make it hard to have a serious relationship yet. Most men don't want somebody else's kids. I guess not. Haynes had already thought about that. Still, she's a dish. That guy was pretty and smart and brave. Imagine. Taking on a drug cartel after those guys killed a whole newspaper staff over the border a year or so ago for writing bad things about them. She takes chances. Haynes agreed. Unwise, but brave. Larry. Haynes spent the day watching movies. Sarah came in with a light lunch, homemade roast beef sandwiches, and hot hot coffee. Afterwards, she brought him a slice of chocolate pound cake. You'll never get rid of me if you keep fading me like this. Haynes said as, if, as he booted to the perfect cake. You're a wonderful cook. It's our pleasure to help out, Sarah said. Finished the cake and coffee, and she started to move the dishes. Why did Manette offer to let me stay here? Yeah, suddenly Sarah has told me. She went a little bit. Well, it bothered her that nobody would stay with you at home. She began. And she knew you hated being in the hospital, she said. She said what? <laughs> she goes on. You know the passage in the Bible about keeping coals of fire on an enemy's head by being kind to him? He burst out laughing. Well, it's sort of like that, she added. She goes on. At least I understand it now. She never gave drugs to anybody, Haynes, Sarah said something. She never even smoked marijuana when she was in high school. Her mother was fanatic about drugs. She wouldn't even take an aspirin tablet for a headache. She put that attitude in Manette. Never understood why. She said on side, she was a curious woman, but I loved her dearly. Then Manette's father used drugs. He wanted to burn in his eyes. Well, I don't know. I never actually met her father. She flushed. I mean, the man my niece, Faye, married. Minette's stepfather didn't use them either. He was shocked. He hadn't been aware that Sarah never Sarah knew Minette's stepfather wasn't her biological father, he frowned. Then you don't know what a real father looked like. Not really. My niece didn't speak of him. She said, I wonder if he had brown eyes though. It amazes me that my niece produced a girl with Minette's coloring. Nobody in our family for generations ever had black eyes. They were always blue. Needs didn't look at it. Genetics are odd. <laughs> I'll say, she loved You know, Manette's mother married her stepfather when she was about six months pregnant. It was such a scandal. Haynes was like, what's it? Yes, she said her husband didn't mean, didn't mind the pregnancy, though. He loved children. They even told Manette when she was ten that Stan loved her very much, but that he was her stepfather. Wondered if she ever really understood that. She never speaks of it, even to me. She picked up the cup and saucer for it. Looked awfully still. As you say, genetics are very odd. If you need anything, you use that. She indicated the speakerphone beside the bed on the table. And I'll be right up. Thanks, Sarah. She smiled. You're very welcome. Yes, I did at all. You won't mention to Manette that I said anything about her mother. Of course I won't. He's Not a word. She nodded. Thanks. She's sensitive on the subject. You watched her go out the door with mingled emotions. So Sarah didn't speak to Manette about a real father. Curious. They seemed close. But then you never knew really went. But 
something you never knew really went on in families. Manette showed up just after lunch with Shane and Julie, her little brother and sister, and so they ran into the room where Hayes was and jumped into bed with him, shoes and all. Shane was bigger than Julie, a rough and tumble 11-year-old who loved wrestling and never missed a match that featured his favorites. No kids, calm down. He's been injured, Manette said frankly. And we don't climb on beds with shoes on. Sorry, Manette. Julie said, pulling off her shoes and tossing them over the side. Me too, Sean agreed, doing the same. They moved closer to Haynes, who was fascinated with their lack of fear. He was a stranger, mostly, whom they hardly knew. You're going to leave with us, she said. You got shot, yeah? He shook. I got shot. <laughs> what, a, what a mean thing to do, Julie said solemnly. She moved right up to Haynes' good arm. We're curled up next We'll protect you, Haynes, she said softly. We won't let anybody hurt you ever again. Ains felt tears sting his eyes. He hit them, of course. The child's comment touched him as nothing had nears. His profession kept him bereaved of visible emotion. He had to keep it in check because he had to be strong. He'd seen things most people never had to look at. Affected him. Of course it did. So he buried his feelings deeper and deeper over the years until he hardly felt anything. But he'd been shot and he was still fragile. And Julie's innocent offer to protect him made him feel inside. What a sweet art you are, Ains said softly. Brushed back. The child's pretty blonde hair. She grinned at him and cut him closer. Can we look at where you got shot, she asked. Is it awful? He's like, not a good idea. Yes, it is awful. Who shot you? Shane says, someone very mean and we'll get him. Haynes promise. You two come on with me. Aunt Sarah has cookies and milk. Cookies and milk? Woohoo! Shane cheered, bouncing off the bed. Stop that and come down here, Manette said firmly, lifting him off the bed and on the floor. Oof, you're getting heavy, she explained. Go get cookies, and I think SpongeBob is on television. Ah, oh, Manette, that's for little kids like Julie. Something by the television that caught the boy's attention. He picked it up, DVD case, and looked at it. It's how to train your dragon, he explained. He's got how to train your dragon. He looked excited through the other case. There's Wally, and up, and... Yes, I love cartoons. Saints confess with a faint flush. Me too, Manette said smile. Those are great movies. Can we come watch them with you after supper? Shane pleaded, please. Haynes laughed at Manette's construction. Sure, he said. Why not? That's very nice of you, Haynes, Julie said in her soft form. Thank you. You're very welcome. He started to help her off the bed, but Annette was first. No lifting, she told him. Cooper Coltrane would let surgical interns practice on me. I dare let you pick up something as heavy as Julie. But I'm not heavy, Manette. Julie protested. She was placed Julie on the floor. Not to me, precious, Manette said, hugging her. But Haynes has been shot. He can't use his other arm yet. That's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. Downstairs now, both of you, Manette told the children. Yes, Manette, Julie said. They waved at Haynes and ran cl clambering down the steps to the kitchen. Sorry, Manette paused. They get a little wild. It's okay, Haynes said with a gentle smile. They're great kids. Cheers and press. Thanks. You've done very well with them. He continued. It must have been difficult. He spoke as if the words were dragged out of him. Manette smiled faintly. It wasn't as if I had a choice. I couldn't give them up for adoption or let them be placed in the orphanage. Promised my stepmother I'd take care of them. Your stepmother was a good woman, Hayes remarked, you know. She was one of the sweetest people I've ever known. Always doing good works, taking care of people who needed her. I admired her. She I loved her. 
your father was kind to. She was hesitant. He was. He was my stepfather, you know. Not my real father. I don't know who my real father is. Mama never told me. She moved closer. But Stan keeps secrets, she frowned. He said that he knew something that he had to tell me, but he put it off until it was too late. When he was dying and he lost his voice after the stroke, he even tried to write it down. She was a long breath. But what he wrote was just gibberish. I wondered about what it could be. She laughed over a minute. What? We don't have any dark family secrets. It was probably something about the kids that he wanted me to know. Yes, but Haynes was oddly quiet when he said that. She said, Haynes, do you know something about me that you're not telling? His heart jumped. He stared at her intently. He wanted to say something he really did, but the last thing he called his father's words and the promise he'd been forced to make. When he gave his word, he kept it. Always. No. He laughed with straight No, I, I do not know anything. Anything at all. Honest. She cocked her head. I read true crime books. I learned to laugh from them. Usually when people don't want to tell the truth, their speech pattern is an indication of that. They speak very formally, without contractions, and they repeat the protests over and over, above what's called for. Ain't that cheap books? Actually, flesh. You do know something, she guessed. This is something terrible. I can't believe you won't want to tell me. I'm the enemy, after all. Isn't that right? I see she was lip compressing straightly. If I'm the enemy, why are you taking care of me? Her heart jumped at the way he said it. He saw a reaction in his antagonism, took a nosedive. She was very pretty when she was upset. Her face became pink and radiant. Her freckles stood out. Her black eyes glittered with true beauty. People keep dinosaurs aroused sympathy, she said after a minute. First of all, and it isn't a dinosaur. See, when you deny that, you use a contraction. And that you can't learn everything from books, he pointed out. Oh, it's not just books. I'm all over the internet reading case files. She was sliding around. Why aren't you dating, man? Oh, sure. That's a great idea. She mused. She glanced at the door and hesitated. Let's make sure the children couldn't overhear. So, so many men want to get serious about a woman with two small dependents. They line up at my door every day. I'd say. There was one guy who was visiting his grandmother here. He asked me out in the newspaper office. I was a lucid and he seemed very nice. He came to pick me up for the day. Julie and Shane were waiting with me at the door. Her face was sad. I couldn't believe he was the same man when we went to dinner. He was stiff, polite, formal, and he rushed through the meal and took me straight home. Before he left, he blurted out that I was a nice woman and he liked me, but he wasn't going to saddle himself with someone else's kids. I pointed out that they were my stepfather and my stepmother's kids, and he said it didn't matter. He wasn't going to start out with a ready-made family. He made it quite clear. Haynes stared at her intently. You love those kids. Of course I do. I've taken care of them since they were born, she reminded him. Her voice soft and gentle with remembrance. My stepmother's health was precocious at best, and after Shane and Julie were born, grew quickly worse. I picked up the slack. She felt tears straight. Dawn was one of the kindest people I ever knew. She was very much like what I remember of my mother. I nursed her right up until the end. I promised her that I'd care for her children as if they were my own, and I keep my promises. So do I. Thanks, man. My stepfather had a stroke and then a heart attack not too long after Dawn died. He tried so hard to talk to me, to write to me, to make me understand what he wanted to tell me, but I never could. I looked through all their papers, searching for something they'd written down. There was nothing. She's probably it was about the kids. Haynes managed to look innocent. I imagine it was. Her eyes narrowed. She was remembering another conversation. You might tell me one day, huh? She asked suddenly. When pigs fly, he put it out to me close to me. Why won't you tell me? You do not recommend. I keep my promises too. What does that mean? Mercifully, there was a small ride downstairs. Julie yelled on a chain about a toy. 
They better get down there before bloodshed ensues. Saints told her, relieved at the interruption, she threw up her hands and raced down the staircase. End of chapter 2.